Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, today, the seventh Sunday of Easter, Exaudi Sunday, it's kind of an interesting day within the church year. We are still in the season of Easter, at the very end of that season, in fact. But it's Easter all the same. But we also celebrated the Ascension this past Thursday. And next week, we move to Pentecost, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, and we enter the time of the church. And this morning's scripture lessons are designed to transition us from the season of Easter and the joy that we feel and experience to our life in the world, living as Christians in a sinful place. Easter is a season of joy, of celebration, of excitement of celebrating the reality that death and sin have been defeated and that we have eternal life through the blood of Jesus Christ and his glorious resurrection. The joy of Easter is why we sing those great Easter hymns, hymns like, Awake my heart with gladness, all the earth with joy is sounding. Now all the vault of heaven resounds. Great Easter hymns with their refrains of alleluias and joy. That's what we feel and experience when we realize the fullness of Christ being raised from the dead and knowing that because he lives, we shall live also. Ah, that it could always be Easter. That we could always have that emotional high. But we don't. Our lives cannot be lived in an emotional high. Our faith cannot be based on the way that we feel during a season of the church year. And the realities of this sinful world come crashing down around us, even as the alleluias die out in our ears. Let's be honest. Living as a Christian in this sinful, fallen world isn't always full of joy. Often it's quite the opposite. It's suffering. It's struggle. It's sorrow. It's pain. And there is a reality that we often don't think about. To be raised from the dead on the last day means that before the last day, we must die. And we shudder at the thought. Our baptism connects us to the cross of Jesus Christ. 
but it also puts a target on our back that sin, Satan, and this corrupt world are always shooting at. Though we rejoice with great joy at the resurrection, the rest of the world grimaces and cringes and is angry that we would even think about the idea of eternal life. Our world does not want to hear that Christ is alive. Our world does not believe there is only one true God. Our world wants to attack us, destroy us, and drive the Christian faith out. Our Lord Jesus Christ warns us about our earthly life in our gospel lesson for today. Shortly after the meal on Monday, Thursday, and shortly before his own arrest, our Lord Jesus Christ speaks the words of our gospel lesson. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you, that when their hour comes, you remember that I told them to you. Jesus is clear. Not only will we have the suffering that our sin brings upon us in this world, just like we heard in last week's scripture lessons, but in this world, we will also face persecution. The world will actively be seeking to stomp out the Christian faith. Christians in the early church were thrown out of the synagogue in the name of true religion. They were acting differently than the rest of society, and so they were shunned. They didn't fit in with the old way of doing things. They acted differently than the so-called normal people. They didn't believe you could earn your salvation by sacrifices, donations, good works, or the rest. After all, Christ already had paid the price. They didn't obsess over their own works or actions in order to please God, but because God already was pleased, they sought to love and care for the people around them. They didn't hold back their possessions, hoarding them for themselves. They made sure all had what was needed. They didn't attack or belittle other people, but spoke well of them. These all sound like nice things, but compared to the world, these folks were acting just a little bit odd. So they were thrown out. 
shunned from society. Being thrown out in the ancient world was a big deal. Thrown out of the synagogue meant you couldn't buy food or clothing from the marketplace. It meant that your friends wouldn't talk to you or even look at you across the street. It meant your family might even hold a funeral for you and treat you as already dead and gone. Not only were Christians outcasts, they were also killed in the name of God often. The scriptures list a fair number of martyrs of the Christian faith. Saint Stephen, Saint James, their deaths are described. Saint Paul is sure that his will come as he writes his countless letters. History tells us that of the 12 apostles who went out preaching and teaching, only Saint John died a natural death. And tradition holds that's because being boiled in hot oil hadn't managed to kill him. The other apostles, besides Saint John, were crucified, skinned alive, beheaded, and otherwise killed. And beyond the deaths of these famous apostles, nameless martyrs, countless numbers of them also died underneath the rules of Domitian, Nero, Marcus Aurelius, and other worldly rulers. Christians were killed for their faith, just as often as they were cast out of society. You might not think it, but you too know something of Christian persecution, don't you? It's growing more and more every year, every day, even here in the United States. Your work doesn't allow you to discuss the faith in the lunchroom. Your children's sports teams have no problem scheduling practices and games and tournaments on Sunday mornings. If you choose to go to confirmation instead of soccer practice, your child might not get to play. Long-standing, ancient definitions of civic institutions like marriage are being attacked and adjusted by temporal authorities and judges. And if you even attempt to hold to the Christian worldview, to speak the truth about these changes or topics. You're labeled as a bigot. You could be erased from society, canceled, shunned, looked down upon. 
you may even lose your job. You know a little bit of what persecution looks like. And out of nervousness, we often are quiet about our faith as a result. You too know a little bit even about martyrdom. You've seen it on the news. It still happens today. Some estimates say more Christians have been killed in the last hundred years than in the 1900 years beforehand combined. Christians still are talked or killed and tortured. We've seen Christians crucified in Syria, beheaded in Libya, driven out of their homelands in Palestine and in Iraq. Some death of Christians is not even officially recognized by governments, like the crucifixion of hundreds of Armenian women just about a hundred years ago. You've seen the videos of shootings and attacks in Christian churches in our own country. You've seen the smoldering remains of churches burned down. And it could happen here. In this world, a Christian is never really safe. Not in the way the world views things. The world is always seeking to crush, to destroy, to threaten, to eliminate. Christ warned us that it would be that way. He told us ahead of time. He said so in our gospel lesson for today. He said, the world will try to persecute, attack, and kill you, just as it did him. And dear Christian, that really is the key, isn't it? The world attacked, persecuted, shunned, and killed Jesus. The world did everything it could think to get Jesus out, to silence him, to stop people from listening to him. The world did everything it could think of, even crucifixion. But what does Easter tell us? 
Jesus is alive anyways. He rose from the dead. He's alive even now, 2,000 years later. His wounds are visible for all to see. But he lives all the same. And what does the ever-living Jesus say? That all who believe in him, who are baptized into his name, into the Christian faith, who trust his word, all those people will live forever also. Even if they die, yet shall they live. He's going to prepare a place for all who believe. And if he goes and prepares that place, he will surely come again to take his Christians so that where he is, they may be also. The world, it can do whatever it wishes to you, to the church, but it cannot take that reality of Christ away from you. And as you go day by day through this world, do not think that you are alone. Even as you face trial and persecution, you are not alone. Christ sends a helper a Holy Spirit of truth to constantly bring his promise of life to the full to you, to your ears, to constantly give you faith through the word and through the sacraments. The word calls you to be Christian. It speaks the truth about your sin and what God has done to fix that sin. Or baptism washes away all of your guilt, shame, sin, and clothes you with the robe of Christ's righteousness. And in your baptism, when God looks at you, he sees the holiness of his Son. God feeds you with the very living, resurrected body and blood of Jesus Christ, the food of heaven, the finest of wines, the best of meat. You eat Jesus and you live as a result. With these gifts, the Holy Spirit is always working faith within you, keeping you in the one true faith and with Jesus Christ our Lord. The Holy Spirit works faith in you no matter what persecution you face. The Holy Spirit of truth constantly bears witness to Christ. Even if you're martyred. 
I love to read the martyrdom of St. Stephen in the book of Acts. As the world rears its wicked head against him, he sees heaven opened. And he enters in. You're set free from this world then, dear Christian. It is not your master. Even if it takes all from you, even if it kills you, you belong to Jesus. And so you're free to act as the martyrs did who have gone before you. To confess Jesus and to invite people to come and receive him firsthand. You're free to bear witness by valuing God's gifts more than soccer practice. You're free to talk about Jesus even if it costs you your job. You're free to live your life unaffected by fear of death. At worst, death is temporary for you as a Christian. You're free, free to live, free to be Christian. Will you face persecution? Yes. Will you suffer? Yes. Will you struggle here in this life? Yes. Jesus has told you that beforehand. He cares about you that much to give you a heads up, to warn you about what's ahead. But all the same, he promises to bring you through the valley of the shadow of death and into eternal life. And so, knowing that, it actually allows us to keep our Easter joy, to be glad for what our God has done. Even as we move forward into the time of the church, into a life of persecution and suffering, we may be glad because of what God has done for us. He's forgiven our sins. He's granted us forgiveness and life and salvation. And he's with us always to keep our eyes looking to him, to Jesus. For Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.